Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. It is indeed an incredible honor to be able to come together in the house of worship. And um, I often say this on our midweek service that we have no idea what someone may have had to thread, what needle you had to thread in order to be here and and what you had to shake off on your way between your vehicle and where you are right now. And we have no idea to some degree what you may be facing when you walk out of these doors. But thank God we're here. We are here in the presence of God and in the presence of people that we love. We have, it just seems a common thread, um, I know this has been mentioned several times, but there just seems to be a common thread about prayer and devotion and things of that nature for for several weeks, if not even a few months now. And so I want to maybe stay in harmony with that, just go with what I feel tonight. I believe that, as has been stated many times, that we should all have a place where we can meet with God. Now, I don't think there is one particular posture of prayer that is more important than another or more effective than another. Some may kneel in prayer, but some may have physical needs that prevent them from being able to kneel in prayer. Some may stand in prayer or walk in prayer, and there is no proper posture of prayer. And again, I'll say I don't think one is better than the other. But I do believe that all of us need a place, a time, an intentional effort of prayer. And uh, that could be in our home, it could be in the church, or somewhere else that you may have dedicated as a place of prayer in your life. So I don't think the where is the key, nor the how is the key. But what's important is that we have a place that we meet with God in a re- on a regular basis not just in a crisis. I know where the emergency room is, and I know in a crisis to dial 911, but I don't want to just stop by there for no reason at all. (laughs) And I don't ever want to have to call that number. I'm thankful that it's there, but that's not how I want to look at prayer. I don't want to look at prayer as the hospital room or the emergency room or the doctor's office or some 911 situation, but I want to look at prayer is a more in the line of relationship. It's a place, a time that I can meet with God and not just talk to him about my needs or woes, but that I can just meet with him. I believe in truth when we desire, when we go to prayer, when we go to God in prayer, rather we desire, our desire is to speak to the Lord. Maybe there are some things that we have on our heart. I try to be very diligent in my prayer to not just start out with my needs. I want to praise him and I want to thank him, 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want to begin with in a position and in a posture of thanksgiving. Amen. And so when we go to the Lord, we desire to speak to him. I want him to know that I appreciate. I've had the Holy Ghost a long time, but I want him to know I'm thankful to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I often, not every day, but I often take that one step further because I remind the Lord that many people receive the Holy Ghost, but it seems that they don't have a passion to serve him after that. I'm thankful that I got the Holy Ghost and a passion to serve him, a passion to be in his presence, a passion to be in his house. Amen. So whether it's in prayer or praise or whether in the word of the Lord, we desire somehow to speak to him our songs and praise and worship tonight. They're centered around our desire to convey to the Lord what he means to us. It's been us speaking to him. However, the question that we must ask ourselves is how often do we come in the presence of the Lord to hear him speak to us? In prayer, our prayer should include a time, a season where we're intentional about not talking. Have you ever been in a conversation and you almost had to apologize to whoever you were talking to and you would say something along these lines? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to manipulate this conversation. I, I want this to be a dialogue, not a monologue. I want this to be us sharing back and forth. While speaking to the Lord, I believe is a vital part of our walk with God. I believe a huge element involved here is the Lord speaking to us. Speak, Lord. That's what Eli told Samuel, young Samuel. He said, when you hear that voice in your heart again, when you hear the Lord, that's the Lord you hear. That's the Lord that's been speaking to you. When you hear that again, this is your response. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Now, I believe that a vital part of prayer is the Lord speaking to us. In, in the book of Numbers chapter 7 and verse 89, the book of Numbers chapter 7 is is the longest chapter in the first five books of the Bible. It's a very long chapter, and, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can skip through those long and laborious seemingly reads. But in number 7 and 89, the, the scripture says, And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, that was why Moses went into the tabernacle of the congregation. He went in to speak to the Lord. But while he was gone into the tabernacle to speak with him, then he heard a voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony between the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. And so here is, here is Moses that went in to speak to the Lord, but when he got in there, he heard another voice speaking, and that voice was speaking back to him. Amen. I, I do want to speak to the Lord, and I want to have the desire that Moses had to go into the house of God, the place of God, the presence of God, and we do want to speak to him, but I want the Lord to speak to us when we come together, not just every now and then. And I know that the Lord speaks in, a, in many different ways. I believe that God can speak to us. Obviously, he can speak to us in tongues and interpretation. We have that in our services. But the Lord can speak to us and minister to us in a song. The Lord can minister, obviously, he can minister to us through the preaching and the teaching of his word, but I'm going to tell you that I've been to services before where God just used somebody before or after church just in their mere conversation. They didn't break out a bottle of oil. 
They didn't slap their hand on my forehead. They didn't say anything real spiritual, but God had just led them, let our paths cross, and they confirmed something in my heart, and they had no idea the Spirit of God was speaking. That was how the Lord was using that moment to speak. Though Moses saw no image, the Bible says he just heard a voice, yet there was the fullest proof in that moment of the presence of the Almighty. This was the way that God chose to manifest himself during that dispensation. He would speak to those that would listen. However, there would be a dispensational change and that's what the Bible talks when the fullness of time came. John 1 and 1 says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Since God spoke from that place, since then, and he spoke to Moses as it were face to face. Therefore, this place in scripture is a unique place. It's a wonderful place because this place is called the oracle or it is called the speaking place. And if I could just leave you with a thought tonight, it would be just that, the speaking place. That's what this building is. I know that all of us could define it in our own unique way. We could give, if we were real technical, the longitude and the latitude of this particular point that we stand or even where you're sitting. We could give the address of this physical building. We could talk about wonderful things that have happened here. We can call this my church. You could call it my church, your church. But really in truth, this is the speaking place. We can say, well, this is where I got the Holy Ghost or this is where I got married or this is where I dedicated my children or the list could go on and on and on. But the greatest thing we can say is this is where we meet and God can speak to us. Hebrews 1, the Bible says uh, that God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers and the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. So therefore the incarnate Christ, Jesus Christ is the true oracle and it is by him and through him that he speaks to us today. God still speaks. Am I preaching to people that believe that? God still speaks. I want you to consider with me Numbers chapter eight and verses one and two. The Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto Aaron and say unto him, when thou lightest the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. Now, at first glance, it would be real easy to turn to Numbers chapter 8. We just kind of launch out into the reading of that chapter and sometimes if we're not careful, we'll be down at verse 5, 6, or 10, or 12 before we really realize that we're even reading. And we've jumped over something really critical here. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto Aaron. This doesn't sound profound, but it say, say unto him, He said, When thou lightest the lamp, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. And so, again, this, this doesn't seem complex, but when you consider exactly what's being said, this is what the Lord is saying. Moses, you tell Aaron, if you'll light the lamp, there'll be light. If you'll just light the lamp, there will be light. All you have to do in our vernacular in our day is just turn on the switch. If you just turn on the switch, there will be light. You don't have to grope in darkness. You won't have to feel your way through any dark place or valley. Just turn on the light. I believe the message for us today is that when we come into the house of God, 
we must first light the lamp. If we want people to, if we want people that are that don't have the Holy Ghost to feel the need of having the Holy Ghost and feel the convicting power of God to compel them to repentance and baptism, amen, to position them to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If that's what we want, we bear a responsibility not to just walk in the door, but to light the lamp. Amen, light the lamp, Aaron, and there will be light. Amen, there's never, that means where, whenever we come together. I, I, I know that our regular schedule is Sunday and Wednesday, but it doesn't matter. Whenever we come together, I believe that we must light the lamp. In our connect groups, we must light the lamp. This is not just about us getting together for a great time of fellowship, but it's about inviting somebody that we can light the lamp and they can see the light of the glorious word of God and his truth. Amen, that we don't need the light of the power of the gospel to be shining it is, is unthinkable that we would try to lift this load by ourselves and entertain people into a moment with the Lord. It can't happen that way. Our success is not gonna be found in the order of our service. Amen. If there is any success at all, it's gonna be found in the power of the Lord. Therefore, we need to hear what the spirit of the Lord is speaking to the church in this day. To be more specific, I wanna hear I want to hear what the Lord is saying to me in this day. Elder O.C. Crabtree, one of our former district superintendents, he has uh, passed away in, 19, in 1997. But uh, listening to some of his preaching, Brother O.C. Crabtree, he said, uh, he said once, he said, every line in the Bible is not for everyone. Now that gives us pause, doesn't it? It sure gave me pause when I heard him say that. Every line in the Bible is not for everyone. That's a little shocking, but he went on to finish his point. And he said, God said to Saul to go and slay the Amalekites, but he's never told us to do that. <laughs> and so he's not trying to take away from the word of the Lord, but he's trying to make a point. God had a word for Saul and nobody else had been commanded or commissioned to do such a thing. That was the word of God to King Saul. Therefore, there is a portion of the word of God that some may refer to as the children's bread. This is something for the church. God has a word for the church. It's maybe that word wouldn't make sense to somebody who doesn't know the Lord. I think a great example of this is what we have in the New Testament from the book of Romans to the book of Revelation. Amen. This is children's bread. The book of Acts shows us the plan of salvation. The book of Acts teaches us how to get saved. But we don't leave the book of Acts and get into the other epistles to try to find out how to get saved. We, we make our journey through the epistles to find out how to stay saved. Right. Romans to Revelation was written to the church. When you read these epistles, it is to the church at Corinth, to the church at Rome. Amen, on and on and on. It's written to those who are already saved. In other words, this portion of the word of God is the children's bread. Romans, if I could give you an example, Romans 10 and 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. However, we need to understand that Romans 9 and that Romans 10 and 9 was not written to sinners. Romans 10 and 9 was written to believers in Rome, the church in Rome. That was written to those who were already born again of the water and the spirit. And so Romans 10 and 9 is not a substitute for the plan of salvation that we find in the book of Acts. So we have believing, just to 
linger here for just a moment. If believing alone will save people, then the devil saved because the Bible says that he believes and trembles. But we know that the devil is not saved because he's not been obedient to the word of God. Amen. So I want to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, understanding that I am a part of the church. I want to know what God is saying to me. Now, God is not going to tell me to do something contrary to his word, and God is not going to tell me to do something that's out of lines or out of bounds, but God is going to move in, in my heart differently, perhaps, than he moves in someone else's heart. The Lord moved on Brother and Sister Albert Stewart many years ago to Liberia, to go to Liberia and serve there for decades as a missionary. But to date, the Lord has never spoken to me to go to Liberia. I feel like he's talking to somebody here right now. Everybody's saying, Lord, don't let it be me. <laughs> but God speaks specifically. I'll say that with great deference to our missionaries. But God speaks specifically. You follow me? We're all in the church doing the call and the work of God. But God is speaking specifically to evangelists. God is speaking to missionaries. God is speaking to church planters. God is speaking to pastors. God is speaking to ministers to work within the work within the network of their local church. God is speaking to, to men and women to teach Sunday school to children and, and to work with young people and myriad other ministries God has laid that and compelled them to do that and so we gotta, we've got to do more, believe, more than just believe amen I got to understand that God has written a portion of his word to the church amen brother Crabtree went on to say this he could be quite humorous sometimes in his teaching he said if I was writing a letter to my wife I would certainly write a letter that would sound a little bit different than the letter I would be sending to the banker because it's all based on relationship. And so my words would be different. My attitude would be different. The direction of my words would be different. He said, I wouldn't say the same thing to the banker that I would say to my wife. Amen. And so I'm thankful that the Lord is writing something to the church. And he's not writing to the church the way he's writing to everybody else because there is a relationship there. For example, in Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3, we see such words, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, what the Spirit is speaking to the church. And so God is writing with an intimate knowledge of his audience. He's writing with a personal knowledge of his audience. He said over and over in these passages, one thing, I know thy works. I know you. I know who you are. On the, on the 14th of this month, just a couple of days from now, we will have officially been the pastor of this church for 33 years. Because of this, it would be very, very easy to get in a rut. I recognize that, and I try. I push very hard against the idea of that. I recognize and try to be very intentional about not wanting that to happen because I want to come to this desk with fresh bread. I want to come with a fresh anointing. Amen, I may be reading scriptures tonight. Most likely, I am reading scriptures tonight that I've read before. Maybe even talking about a central theme or a topic that we've talked about before. But I'm not just trying to get through this night. I'm not just trying to mark this Wednesday night off our calendar, go home and say, well, we got another one under our belt. No, amen, this is an important night because God may have something to say to us in this service. Amen, we've never been at this intersection before. It has never been January the 12th, 2022. Amen, what does the spirit of the Lord say to us tonight? 
I'm so thankful for the word of God that we heard Sunday morning. I am so appreciative of the spirit of God that we heard Sunday morning. But sadly, amen, the only record we have of that is a captured digital video and audio of that service. For the most part, it is in the history books. Amen, yes, it resides in our heart. Yes, the thoughts and the challenge is gonna be there, but you understand what I'm saying. We can't crawl back to Sunday morning. We couldn't press our way. We couldn't buy our way back to Sunday morning. And so I've gotta get up today and say, Lord, what would you speak to the church? What would you speak to me today? Amen. I want to have a fresh word. I want to do that because I believe that you as a congregation deserve the best, but I also want to do this because the scripture says of the Lord to me, I know thy works. Now that's not to be said to be thought of as an intimidation factor. Amen. I say that because the Lord knows what each and every one of us do for him. And so sometimes our sacrifices go unnoticed by others, unrecognized by others. That's the truth. We don't like that to happen. We try very hard and we try to be intentional again and diligent to thank those that work in any capacity and volunteering at the church and helping us do whatever it is that we do on a, on a week-to-week basis. But sometimes, let's all admit it, we've done things that nobody even acknowledged. Because we weren't doing it unto us, we were to do it. We were doing it unto the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm kind of hung in this brother Crabtree mode here for just a moment. But he shared something that was also funny, and I'll move past this. But he said years ago, it was even before he was a district superintendent. Brother Cannell was a district superintendent. He said there was a, a pastor. They had given an offering, and they were up for an award uh, for their offering, or up for recognition for that offering. And uh, for whatever reason, it didn't come through. And so he kept asking about it. He said, "Well, they'll get around to it." He said, "I don't know where it's at and where it, it you know, where we are in the process of all that, but this particular apartment that you supported." And uh, so he called him again and said, well, I, we still haven't heard from him. And said, I just want to know. He said, well, I don't know, but I'm sure they're working on it. And he finally got uh, the, the third pass about this. And so finally, Brother Cannell said, well, listen, are you doing this for the Lord? Or are you doing this for the recognition? He said, for the recognition. <laughs> of course, he was teasing, but <laughs> he was just being human, wasn't he? He was being us, wasn't he? He said, I'm... I'm doing this for the I'm doing this for the recognition. I want somebody to praise me. I want somebody to I want somebody to thank me. Amen. Of course that was a joke. But but the Lord says, I know thy works. I know thy works. Seven times in scripture. Amen. I know thy works. We want to honor everybody possible, but hear me. If we fail in some way, take heart in this. If we look some, overlook something you've done, the Lord says, I know thy works. I know thy works. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Seven times in these chapters when God God said this, and so it's always important to note that when God repeats himself, he's, he's, he's doing that for the sake of clarity. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. And my my father, when my when my dad called me by all three names, it was more than dinner time. All three names, all three names meant I need you to hear what I have to say. 
Amen. And so when the Lord repeats himself, he's doing that for the sake of clarity. Now, among the many needs that I feel we have as a church, I believe at the top of that list, I would say that the church needs spiritual sensitivity. I don't think we just started needing that, but I really believe that we should pray for that. Perhaps the greatest need in our our life. The Bible speaks about the, the woman of Shunem, and the scripture calls her a great woman. Bible commentaries vary on their a definition of the word great. Some think she was great because she had many possessions. And, and maybe the list could go on and on about that. But I believe there are people that can have great possessions and yet not be great in the eyes of God. So I don't think it's things and stuff that, that makes us great in the eyes of God. Amen. I believe her key to greatness is found in 2 Kings 4 and 9. The Bible said, and she said unto her husband, her husband, behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Amen, I believe the key to her greatness was her ability to perceive that God was putting something in their life. Amen, I will tell you today, our greatness will not be from the clothes we wear, the car we drive, the house we live in. Amen, it won't matter what side of the street. The key to greatness is our spiritual sensitivity to hear the voice of God. Moses went into the tabernacle to speak to God, but while he was there to talk to God, he heard the voice of the Lord speaking to him. And so I say, Lord, when you begin to move in our midst, we wanna move every everything that we had planned right out of the way. We want to be sensitive to your spirit. I believe that we should pray for the spirit of discernment. Not so that you can read somebody's mail, so to speak, but so that you can hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Amen. He that hath an ear, that's not referring to physical ears, but he that hath a spiritual ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. How how, How relative this is to the hour in which we live Amen, we are living in such a noisy and such a confused, such a distracting time. I've been saying this for months, if not even a couple of years or longer now. Amen, I believe the greatest need of the church is to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And in order to do that, that means we gotta be intentional about turning down some outside noise. Amen, some distracting noise. I don't wanna get into this too deep because I don't wanna pretend that I understand this. to its fullest, but I just want to share something with you that we now have available to us, not only just headphones that we can listen and not just earbuds, but there's there's the the technology, of course, has been around for a long time, but I was reading something about it pretty interesting the other day, noise canceling, ear pods or uh, air pods or noise canceling headphones, and and the uh, the way this is achieved is that that headphone or that ear pod It senses the noise on the outside. And I saw a little diagram. It really helped me to understand that, that it senses the ambient noise on the outside and it sends back the same identical signal or as close as it can come to to duplicating that signal. And so when one noise is met by the same noise, it cancels. Now, if you have ever had a pair of, Head, noise cancel. I see some of you shaking your head a little bit. Amen. I have a pair of them, and uh, and and uh, you need noise canceling. And I can tell you that it's not just it's not just a sales gimmick. It's it's not just an advertisement. 
but you can turn them on and you can press the button and make them cancel the noise. And so when I can think about the technology that's involved, that that little small device read the ambient noise around and said, I'm gonna send back that same noise and I'm gonna cancel it out and I'm gonna quieten this down so that you can think or that you can work or whatever it is that you're doing. Amen, you know where I'm going with this spiritually. I pray God give us some noise canceling abilities that the ambient noise of this world, God let your spirit just match that and somewhere just let it cancel it all out. Just let it mute itself because we're sending back a signal and so when we kneel in prayer and the enemy tries to distract us with everything I want to somehow be able to reach in my heart and just press that spiritual button and say I'm going to cancel all that because I need to hear what thus saith the Lord is saying to us praise God I know it seems a little bit picturesque uh, to, to reminisce about the days of people perhaps sitting on their front porch at the end of a long day but it was very much a part of our culture at one time our ancestors, that was, that was the conclusion of their day. I'm not saying 100% every family, but you get what I mean. That was very much a part of the culture. The front porch wasn't just for decorations. The front porch was a place. It was just the winding down. It was the turning off, and, and the sun decided when you were going to bed. Amen, the sun setting. That decided when we were going to rest our bodies. Amen, but today we find ourselves running from pillar to post without a spare moment in between appointments. Amen, we find ourselves, if we're not careful, We'll just kind of boast about how much business we took care of on the road while we were traveling and we could talk in phone conversations and all the things that we have. It's a noisy, noisy, noisy time. But I'm gonna tell you, when we come into the house of God, somehow I've gotta say, Lord, help me to shake off all of this because I don't wanna just walk into a brick and mortar building. I wanna come into the speaking place. I wanna come into where your spirit can touch us and speak to us. Amen, God determines, God determines. He has a plan. Amen, I've often said that we have a plan for every service, but God has the plan for every service. And we're always, we're always gonna acquiesce to the plan and not just a plan. Our plans can wait, but his plans cannot wait. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Without question, without question, the Lord know, knew exactly who was going to be in this service tonight. He knows who's gonna be here Sunday morning. Amen, he knows everything every need that is in this house here and now. That's why it's incumbent upon us to come into this house and open ourselves to the spirit of the Lord speaking. No matter what we had planned, I wanna be sensitive to his spirit and say, Lord, let us walk in your will. Hallelujah. I am responsible for allowing the Lord to speak into my heart. And so when we come into this place, we need to understand that we walked into his house now and we're not in our house. And we always act different when we're in somebody else's house. Amen. Amen. We have no idea what true needs are going to be present. That's why I'm challenged by the words that God gave Moses and Aaron concerning the tabernacle. In, in Numbers 9 and 14, I'll just read this. The Bible says, And if a stranger sojourn among you and will keep the Passover unto the Lord according to the ordinance of the Passover and according to the manner thereof, so shall he do. You shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and for him that was born of the land. 
So here's what the Lord said in those words. He said, let the stranger worship among you as well. The stranger doesn't just have to be somebody unknown to us. Amen, I'm, that, that's not what I'm talking about here tonight, although it may be a guest, a first-time guest. Amen, but it's my prayer. It's my prayer that when somebody comes in, they can feel the liberty to worship with us. Amen, they may have never been in, in the Pentecostal atmosphere before. They may not be comfortable raising their hands. Maybe they've never seen anybody clap their hands before. And so whether they participate in that element of our praise and worship or not is not even the point. It's that they can come in and feel the presence of the Lord and they feel comfortable to do it if they want to do it. They feel a liberty to do that if they want to do it. Amen. I hope every time we come together, there's a stranger. I hope every time we walk into this house, there's somebody that has a need and we're not all cookie cutter. Amen. That doesn't mean that we're changing our method or our message. It doesn't change the word or the guidelines of the word of God. It doesn't change our doctrinal foundation. But I'm gonna tell you that everybody ought to feel the liberty to be able to worship the Lord because why? We realize this is not just a place to marry and bury, but this is a speaking place. Amen. And I will say this, if they're on the pew, that's one big step for them. Amen. God brought them from where they were to where they are. And so I wanna make room for them a place to be standing. I'm gonna ask our musicians, if they will, to come. No matter their background, no matter the wounds they may have suffered in the past, whatever the case may be, I wanna be able to have an atmosphere where we can come in and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I wanna make sure there's room for people that wanna worship and to the church body we, made, we need to make sure that we have convictions that keep us solidified. Signpost. You've heard me say it for years. And if the Lord will give me breath, I'll say it more. <laughs> that we just need to get people on the right road and in the right direction. Yes, but what we need the church to be in, those, in that journey are the signposts. Amen. The examples of prayer, the examples of worship, the, the examples of faithfulness. Amen, we need to be the watermark to lead other people too. So we need to let our light so shine before men that they realize, I, wanted to, I want a relationship like that with the Lord. Amen, you've heard me say it through the years, but our world is confused because we've got generations of people today, it's always been, really man has always been about the same, but we just, our society is letting down our expectations more and more and more, and so people are becoming more, flagrant with their their lifestyle choices but our world is confused and rightly so because we have generations of people that won't stay where they need to be in order to show another generation the way to go you've got grandparents trying to act like teenagers and what teenagers need is not a buddy they need a grandparent amen so brother Mike I'm going to ask you don't buy that yellow Corvette. <laughs> Convertible. I'm teasing. But when you've got a generation that says, I don't want to be where I am. I want to go back. The truth is you can't go back. And the other truth is, is the generation that's coming, they need, they need a landmark of how to get from where they are to where you are. They need a signpost. And so let's be the signpost. I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's dedicate ourselves to the work of God like never before. Make a commitment to give God everything.
And I'll just go back to where I began tonight. That Moses went into the tabernacle. And he went there to speak with him. But while he was there to talk to him, the him began to speak. And so I say, Lord, let your presence move in this place. And let your spirit move. And let us hear from you. Because we didn't just come to pour out our woes and our needs. But we came to hear from you. Amen. Let's magnify the Lord together. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.